Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Han Talks First. I'm your host, Han, and this is the podcast you're looking for, a Star Wars podcast where we talk about everything in Star Wars, and today is a special episode because I'm joined by an old friend who just so happens to be a beloved Mandalorian warrior. And if you couldn't tell by the title, I'm talking about Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels. That's right. Today, I interview Yessi Riviera, and we go behind the scenes about her experience as the Lucasfilm prototype and first official face character for Sabine Wren. And tons of other stuff, too, because when she's not playing in the Star Wars world, she's also a model, an actress, a performer, and a filmmaker. So without further ado, here's my interview with Yessi and I hope you enjoy. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy <laughs> you could uh, you could join us. It's like, I remember texting you and you were like, I didn't even know you had a podcast. And I was like, I don't even, can't believe I didn't even think of inviting you because of your history with Star Wars. So I'm glad we finally got the chance to. Yeah, this is great. I just watched the 100th episode and I noticed an honorable mention there and was like, all right, I got to <laughs> step it up <laughs> and represent. <laughs> so for the listeners out there, if you were listening on the podcast or on any of the video streamers, I was with my guest, Ellie Woods, and we were talking about his time working at Disney. And we were mentioning a mutual friend we had who also worked with disney and played one of the characters and it just so happened to be this woman right here boom <laughs> and she has a great story to tell and i can't wait to talk about it and share it with you guys but first let's get to know her a little bit better so yes why don't you tell everybody about yourself and you know maybe your background how you got into any of your careers and um just let them know who you are yeah totally i'd love to um so I'm originally from Puerto Rico. I uh, grew up in Orlando, Florida. And one day, um, a really good friend of mine actually really wanted to audition to be a Disney princess. So she convinced me to go with her. And I ended up getting the job. <laughs> and I worked five years for the Walt Disney Company um, in Florida and also did a couple different contracts. I did a contract in Tokyo Disneyland and came back to Walt Disney World, and that's where everything changed for me. Um, was very fortunate once I got back from Tokyo, working with Disney and Imagineering and helping develop characters like Sabine, um, as well as performing for different shows uh, throughout the park. So you actually hijacked the audition, pretty much. Yeah, I, I mean... I was in theater in high school and I sang in the choir and my parents were very religious. So I sang in the choir at church. And so I was used to being on stage and um, would sing at the pep rallies, like the national anthem and stuff. But <laughs> I never really thought about working for Disney until a good friend, she was obsessed with Ariel and she really wanted to be Ariel. And so I went with her to kind of, you know, be silly and help her feel comfortable. And we both got pulled. And she was actually fit in Snow White. Oh, God, oh. I don't want Disney to crucify me for like <laughs> revealing like the secrets. She was friends with Snow White. And um, so funny story, actually, I th feel like I always ended up doing something new. So my first character actually um, wasn't a Disney princess. It was a pirate. Um, oh. They pulled me aside and they said, hey, um, we have an internal audition that's actually supposed to be cast member only. 
And it's for a brand new character from Pirates of the Caribbean 4 that debuts this summer back in 2011 when I auditioned um, named Angelica, which was Penelope Cruz's character in the Pirates franchise. Oh, no way. Yeah. I I mean, I was 18. I was still in high school and I had to bring my mom to the audition when (laughs) they ended up like re-inviting me to audition for Angelica because they didn't have the costume that day when I had shown up and... Yeah, they put me in like, it, it happened with Sabine as well, which is so funny how my Disney story starts with like a brand new character that they ended up putting me in like Mrs. Incredible boots <laughs> like for the Angelica <laughs> like fitting and because they didn't have the whole thing. And yeah, um, I they asked me to speak Spanish because I am bilingual and gave me a script in English and had me translate it on the spot and oh, wow. offered me the job right there. They were like, can you start full time? And I was like, I'm in high school, sir. <laughs> I can only work on the weekends. So I was the two day Angelica uh, that summer. And it was amazing. It was so cool. Wow. That's so cool. So it's yeah. interesting. You ne- you never like kind of planned to work at Disney. It just kind of happened, kind of fell into your lab. Yeah. I mean, it. I was super open to it. Um, but I think because I wasn't like somebody who had been like really prepping for it and then get super nervous, you know, like I was just being myself and I had no expectations. I think that's why everything kind of unfolded the way that it did. So I yeah. think now I'm actually more prone to being nervous when I prepare for something because I'm like, oh my God, I really want it, you know, and the stakes are higher. But at the time, I mean, I was a kid and I had no idea what I was getting myself into and it ended up being a five-year career <laughs> where I traveled the world and Wow. Ended up doing really cool stuff with Star Wars. That's amazing. And I know the listeners are very excited to hear about the Star Wars stuff. But you're also a model and you do some commercial work and you make films. You've directed a music video of my own and uh, a bunch of other stuff. So where did all that come into play as well? I think I've always been a very visual person. I was always a visual learner in school and I'm completely self-taught when it comes to this. So a little more backstory. So I started university, I was working for Disney, and I got offered a contract for Tokyo Disneyland. And it was a 14 month contract. And I just went for it. I dropped out of university and just moved to Japan and completely immersed myself in that experience. And there everything is so over the top and amazing and I went to shows there and I was performing as well and also low-key a club promoter at night (laughs) in Roppongi and (laughs) just like 19 living in Tokyo and I mean I was super inspired by the fashion in Tokyo so once I got back um, I quickly wanted more you know I wanted to be able to touch more creative projects so I got signed with modeling agency, got headshots, fell in love with that whole process of creating content. And um, my modeling kind of took off when I was kind of just creating content for Instagram. I mean, now Instagram's changed a little bit with like the influencer culture. But when I started modeling back in 2015, Instagram was a huge tool for me to just meet photographers. I was shooting three days a week. Um, I decided to leave the company in 2016. I left Disney to pursue modeling and creative projects full time. And it led me to New York City where I got a modeling contract here and, you know, just keeping on, keeping on. (laughs) 
And, you know, people might not realize this, but a lot of people out there, maybe some people even listening to the show, have probably seen your face before because you've been on a lot of, you know, commercials and posters and stuff like that. Most, you know, for myself, I remember one time I was walking through Universal City and I've told you the story. I think I sent you the picture or whatever. But one time I was walking at Universal City here in Hollywood uh, or in uh, L.A. and I was walking past Johnny Rockets and I come across this right here. And I immediately just took a picture and was like, oh, my God, it's Yessi, the girl who yep. directed my, my music video, <laughs> just hanging out on the billboard. And then there was another time I saw you, too. And it was actually on one of the the sky billboards um, off of La Brea um, in uh, kind of the busy area of Hollywood. And I was I was never able to get a picture because of the traffic. But um, so I've seen you twice already. And then there's that story i remember you posted on your instagram of you at times square mm-hmm. is that right and you you were up on like one of the big projectors up there oh yeah that was honestly like the highlight of moving to new york city like it was a culmination of that whole experience because i went through a really bad breakup and i needed to just you know define myself again so i saved my money moved back in with my parents and um yeah, spring of 2018, two suitcases in hand, just took a chance, leap of faith and moved to New York City by myself. And that summer booked a national campaign for, I believe it was the Outdoor Association. Um, And it was a whole campaign about like, get out, get outside, just so funny now because the campaign is stay home. (laughs) But that campaign was to get kids like out and off of their phones and their devices. And yeah, it was in Times Square. <laughs> and I <laughs> it's funny, there was another Yessie at that audition. So that oh, really? audition ran so late. They were so behind. I ended up falling asleep on the couch. So I had auditions all day that day. I fell asleep. I wake up because I'm like, oh my God, they call my name and it was for a different <laughs> girl named Yessie. And I was like, well, oh my God. Like, that's embarrassing. And they ended up just saying, well, come on over, Yessies. And I was <laughs> like, no. And they put us like kind of next to each other. And it was super awkward, but we kind of just laughed it off. And I half asleep, like, you know, pulled out my Disney animation <laughs> that we learned in uh, character core and yeah, booked the job. Wow, that's that's hilarious. So yeah, you've you've done a lot. You do a lot. You've you work all the time. You do many different projects. I remember the first time I met you, I was already, you know, kind of blown away at all the stuff you had done previously. And then in that, I think we've known each other for five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And in that five, four, five year timeline, you've done even more stuff, and you just constantly impress me. And I'm always, I'm always Aww. so happy to see you do stuff. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm a yeah. hustler, baby. You know, like God, I have to. It's in my nature. I don't know. I'm a go getter. Fun fact for the the listeners out there: I the first time I met Yessie, we were working on a a short film, and uh, she was the actor, and I was the quote DP, a t- very terrible one at that. But um, we met, and uh, you said something about Star Wars, and then my ears kind of perked up, and then you revealed to me that you were, you know, the prototype and the first official face of Sabine Wren, and I kind of like lit up, and I immediately went and grabbed my Star Wars Rebels Season 1 DVD case and brought it to you and said, could you sign it so I could get the official <laughs> signature from a Star Wars, like, Disney character? Because those those autographs are like, 
it's they're done a certain way, right? Like you have yeah, to Yeah, they're they're designed by the Disney company. They have someone who makes all of the character autographs and it's the official autograph <laughs> for Sabine. Do you hear that everybody? I have the official autographs by Sabine on my Rebels DVD. None of you have that. <laughs> I'm one of the only. <laughs> um, I wish I could show you, but it's packed away. Um, by the way, if any one of you is listening on the audio platforms like Spotify or Google or Amazon, Apple, or Apple and anywhere, Stitcher, uh, you can go to the YouTube on either uh, Facebook or YouTube, Twitch, sorry. And you can watch video because we'll be showing photos of Yessi as Sabine and her time working with Disney and stuff like that if you want to check those out too. So hop on over there and watch the rest of the interview or just stick around if you want to. But so we know a little bit about you. I really want to know what your Star Wars story is outside of working for the company. Now this, I ask all my guests this question. So it can be your favorite movie, your favorite moment, how you got into Star Wars. So what is Yessie's Star Wars story? Yeah, I mean, it's a little unconventional, I suppose. I had seen the prequels as a kid and I didn't really get it. At first, I mean, now I also agree with my child brain. Uh, my intuition was right that they are not the best. In my opinion. <laughs> but um, I actually came to really, really love it as an adult and had actually seen all of the like I made an effort to see all of the films once I started the process of becoming Sabine. And I mean, the legacy, the art design, the vastness of the Star Wars universe, it's insane. Like I love how they weather everything to make it look like it's been there forever. And the detail that goes into the lore I mean, the lightsaber lore and the force. I just love that. And it's like, I can tell why people geek out about it just because it's such a remarkable franchise. Do you still not like the prequels today? Or are you okay with them? I appreciate knowing the struggle of Anakin, like an understanding yeah. what led to Darth Vader because he is arguably one of the best characters in the Star Wars universe. I, mm-hmm. I love Darth Vader, one of my favorite characters. But Anakin, like child Anakin, no, I don't fuck with him. <laughs> child Anakin is the most annoying, weird. I And then like the relationship between Padme and child Anakin, not feeling it. It's giving me very much child pedophilia. I don't know. I don't want to even go there, but it's giving me, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I think a lot um, of people have gone there. <laughs> it's weird. It's a bit uncomfortable. It's like. A la, like, Jacob imprinting on Bella's unborn baby vibe, <laughs> Twilight oh reference. And I know that that's dating me, but... So um, wait, you <laughs> you started with the prequels? Like, those were the first movies you saw? Yeah, the first ones I saw were one, two, and three. And okay, now, did you watch them in order after that? Like, four, five, six? Yes. Okay, that's rare. So what yeah. was that like to... I mean, even if if you remember, what was that like to watch them in in that? I think order? I was like fourteen or fifteen when I saw the prequels. Oh, okay, <laughs> and I was kind of like, I mean, he's cute. Like Hayden Christensen is cute, and like of course Natalie Portman. Everything, her looks. Okay, her looks are amazing. Like I saw a meme the other day that said like girls don't want a boyfriend; they want Padme's wardrobe. I think we have <laughs> a picture of you with. Uh... 
Miss Padme here. Yes. Oh, Queen Amandala. Gorgeous. Amazing. Oh, they do such a great job at Disney with the costuming. And uh, Lucasfilm is an amazing um, contributor to the Star Wars Weekend's events that they held. Mm -hmm. Like they partnered with them and they had amazing reps that supported us. And some of them are, I'm still friends with on Facebook because they're just, they're true fans. Like they truly love what they do and it shows. And it's like that with most, uh, I mean, when it comes to people who put their all into Disney and they're lifers for a reason because they, they drink the (laughs) Kool-Aid. They love it. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. You're talking about, um, you know, the costuming, the design, the worn out world, the world building, all this stuff. What for you, this was my next question. What for you makes Star Wars iconic? And the best part about that question is there's so many different answers. So for you, what sticks out the most and why do you think, what makes it so have such longevity and, uh, fan appeal? Well, the idea of being a rebel and, and representing something that's so much bigger than just you. I I think it's a great political uh, inspo. Um, I think the idea of being able to get in a spacecraft and go at light speed to any other system and experience another world and other cultures. I think anybody who's like a traveler and has wanderlust in their heart is going to be attracted to that concept in and of itself because it's so like there's an entire galaxy that you can just explore galaxies that you can explore and there's no limits and you know the good versus evil is such a classic storyline that just gets you it gets me going (laughs) (laughs) right right that hero's journey and all that good versus evil exactly and the chosen one and there's always there's only one Sith. Like I was super always fascinated with the the lore behind the Sith yeah. and how there can only be one. And then there's an apprentice. And then whenever there's one rising, there's going to be someone to balance. And that exactly. balance of the universe is, I think, really, really beautiful. Exactly. So many, so many things that make it great. And uh, I'm sure we'll discuss more as we as we continue talking. But let's move into the 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 highlight of this this talk show here is you as Sabine. Look at this picture. This is fantastic. So for anyone listening, if you haven't watched Rebels, you really have to watch it. It's one of my favorite parts of Star Wars. It's my favorite animated series uh, out of all of the Star Wars animated series and it's just it's such a good story and you know mainly we'll talk about sabine but we could talk about everybody here and for those of you that haven't watched it sabine wren is a mandalorian warrior she's also an explosives expert and a graffiti artist she's also part of the ghost crew and sabine used her gift of bomb making to great effect against the empire during this time period and she would often mark her work with spray paint tags and her classic mandalorian armor was notable for incorporating her own custom stylings, reflecting her creative meets rebellious spirit. So, Yessi, tell me about the first time you were introduced to this character and what it was like taking in who this person was. Did you relate with it? Were you excited? Uh, just tell me everything. How'd it go? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like there aren't words to describe when I first saw the artwork for Sabine. Um, they held an audition that was in-house and they really didn't, they were really open to what she could look like. Um, there she is with the helmet, which is really cool because 
it's covered in her tags. And I loved that she was an artist and she was in every essence of the word a rebel. Um, yeah. She was also um, separated from her family, which was really interesting. There's, there was a mystery there, which really intrigued me. But I was pulled aside and the casting director basically told me like, oh my God, we, we want you. Like we want to use you to bring this character to life here. And they had like a really rough sketch of what she might look like. It wasn't the final, final um, artist artwork yet. And I was like, oh my God, that's my face <laughs> already. Like even just the rough sketches. And um, they have this machine that does like a full body scan. So um, they did a couple body scans of me and in order to do like 3D imaging to create her armor. And so all of that was made using my silhouette. And then I was able to work with uh, Disney creatives for the wig, which was handmade. Um, they had hand painted contacts for Sabine. And then I kind of collaborated with them to um, do the makeup because I did my own makeup every day when I was performing. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it was really, really cool. Um, they flew me to Glendale, California, which is where Disney Imagineering offices are. And um, two times, first when she was 80% complete. And we were kind of working through like what her physicality was and getting to see um, clips of the show before it had aired, which was really exciting. That's and so then, cool. Yeah, when she was finally ready, they flew me to London and I actually debuted her um, at the Disney store on Oxford street in London. Wow. Wow. So you were the Sabine that people saw before any of the official like, um, animation was released, right? Yeah. They had put out all the merch. So the merch was in the Disney stores. Okay. They had all the cutouts and they had announced the series, but the show hadn't aired yet and they wanted to bring her to the parks and the, the show aired and it was literally like they're they're so smart with their planning they the show aired right before um star wars weekends of 2014 and that was what my first time participating um in that event and the the reception was incredible i mean you had two lead characters of color um ezra be ezra bridger who was my really good friend at the time as well who traveled with me for all these experiences um the performer friends with Ezra um, Angel. He's <laughs> yeah, amazing. I love that. We're, I love we're this both photo. from Puerto Rico, I... actually. We're oh both no way! Bilingual uh, Puerto Rican uh, actors that were based in Florida that were chosen to portray these unique, colorful, you know, exciting new characters for the Star Wars franchise. And they're they've always been great about casting people of color in their films, which I really really love. Did you know anything about Mandalorians before being introduced to Sabine or was that new for you? No, it was completely new. I, okay. I didn't know. Um, thankfully, I so I also did a show called the Jedi Training Academy at Disney Hollywood Studios where we train little younglings, little Padawans. Oh, yes. I have a wield. photo. Here we go. Yes. There we go. Um, I would teach them how to wield a lightsaber with our Jedi master. And I was a Padawan. Um, in this show and they would come up on stage and actually would face off against Darth Vader, which was so cool. Um, so that was, Oh yeah. When... I see, I see videos of that all the time. Like little memes of like kids, like really going at Darth Vader. <laughs> so that's it's what that's so from. Funny. They, they believe it. They get so into it. And like some of them are bad and I have to be like, remember you're on the light side, youngling. Remember <laughs> right. your oath. You know? <laughs> 
Is that why? Is that why you look so so stern, so serious? Oh yeah. Well, the character, you know, you're you're in training. You have your Jedi master. You're always weary of your younglings turning to the dark side. Right. They're prone to it. They're prone to hitting each other with the <laughs> lightsabers. So you didn't fall for any younglings, lightsaber. did you? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I was looking over at Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Darth Maul, you got to meet Ray Park. Yes, yeah, I and uh, I got the photo right here. It's so cool. Yes, what was that He's like? Awesome. He is such a like cool, funny, lighthearted person. Like he was all about posing with us and like pretending to like face off with us and giving us like the Darth Maul stare, which was fun because we were totally into it. I mean, when you're in character, um, just to preserve the magic, you're always in character in costume yeah. so he was r really fun to like play around with so let's talk a little bit more about the role because at the time no one knew who sabine was except for you the people at lucasfilm and uh, other the other voice actors and stuff like that in the room dave filoni of course but for you you kind of had to adapt the character in your own way for the live live performance stuff at disney and um hanging out with the kids and stuff like that taking photos and video and all that kind of stuff so what was it like for you to embody sabine and how do you as an actress how do you develop a character from from nothing or from what other people have already written about it what's that process like because that's something we haven't discussed here on my show before and i think that's one of the most fascinating parts about acting is creating a character from from someone else's mind but mm -hmm. but making it your own and, you know, what's the process of going through that to make it come to life? For me, it's so with Sabine, we didn't have a lot to go off of. Um, oh, I lost you. Sorry, I'm good. There, there you go. go. Okay, good. I was like, where'd he go? I'm boring him. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we didn't have a lot to go off of to begin with. So for me, it was understanding her physicality is a huge part of it. And it's such an empowering thing to be in armor and to have two blasters on your hip and a spray gun and you know be this larger than life character so i really wanted her to exude confidence and swagger and finesse and all these things that were it was almost like anytime i put on sabine i was being this like aspirational version of myself and this incredibly strong female character for all the little girls. You know, I wanted them to see me and walk away saying, I want to walk that walk and I want to have that confidence and that um, also cheekiness that she has. Um, she's always, anytime there were stormtroopers, we would always be trying to prank them or, you know, like the bait and switch was a lot of what we did in the parks, which is so fun like that lighthearted and like hee hee ha ha and like i would right. have the kids in on my little secret which that play is what i love about acting um anytime you get to the the privilege of breaking the fourth wall which is not often um when you're acting is such a luxury and that's something that I bet. looking back now is probably one of the best parts of being a uh, performing in that environment because you get to interact with the audience in a way that's so rare. Yeah, and as I was as I was looking at the photos you sent me yesterday, you know, uh, like this one for example, with you with the mask on, 
uh, the helmet. You know, it, I just came to my head that you were one of the first people to actually, uh, like, officially play a live action Mandalorian. You know, now we're getting it a bunch of times with the Mandalorian show, and they'll probably come into other uh, TV series as well. But, um, you know, outside of the prequels, outside of the movies, like the George Lucas stuff, you were one of the first people to wear the Mandalorian armor. And I think that's so cool, especially being Sabine, since she's so artsy and so different. And you mentioned also you were, you know, stepping into this this strong female character position uh, in the Star Wars world. And I think you were also one of the first of those as well, especially in um, this new era uh, of the Disney, shortly after like Disney took over. And so Sabine, along with Hera and uh, some other, maybe some other Rebels characters were some of those first um, female characters being introduced by Disney. And I think that's really cool too. And well, there were other really cool ones um, at the Star Wars Weekends events, like Zam Wessel was one of the bounty oh, okay. hunters. Um, and you could also meet Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka. And Shaka, okay, here's um, here's a picture. Is that Zam? Who's and... a Jedi? Yeah, you see Ahsoka there. Um, oh gosh, what's her name? The really scary, cool, bald lady. She's from Asajj. Asajj Ventress. Yes, I love her. She's awesome. She's great. There are so many cool female characters in the Star Wars universe. Definitely. I would have loved to play all of them, honestly. Now what event, <laughs> they were so cool. What event was this that we're looking at here? This was the opening stage show welcoming the guests um, to Star Wars Weekends. So we were all on the stage and everyone has their different poses and also our celebrity guests. So you can actually see Ashley Eckstein there posing with yeah. Ahsoka. She's the voice of Ahsoka Tano. So they would come out. Um, we got to meet the voices of Sabine and Ezra as well um, on different days. So the event would be like a full day event with shows. Um, that was the stage show. And this was the closing. Okay. Right very before cool. the fireworks. Yeah. That's so neat. Okay. So yeah, you got to meet a bunch of people from the animated series and in Star Wars in general. Uh, let's jump into these two first. Ashley Eckstein and also Steve Blum. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so they both have worked in the animated series before. Yeah, and what was it like meeting them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ashley Eckstein is awesome. She is so sweet. She remembers everyone's name and makes everyone feel super, super welcome. So meeting her was unreal. Like, she doesn't even act like she is a celebrity. She just she's a, a geek and a nerd just like the rest of us. So <laughs> she's just like such a cool person. Um, so warm and loving and he is really cool too he's really talented he does a lot of different voices um like the character the character voice of zeb he like did it for us a couple of times and he he's able to change it up and do all kinds of accents so, oh, so cool really awesome wow that's really neat i always hear ashley so sweet and i hope i can get to meet her one day as well yeah um, vanessa cool. marshall the that. voice of hera is really cool too she okay was yeah so here's that picture for so everybody sweet and like Honestly, she got emotional a couple times with us because she was just so grateful to be there and be welcomed Aww. and be part of this amazing story. And we were like, you're excited. Like, we can't believe we're meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> That's see, incredible. I'm sure like all the work that they did to create the project and then seeing it come to life so vividly was yeah. just like so overwhelming for her. So she was just like chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. 
I bet that's so cool. And uh, you also met Tia Sirkar, Sikar. Yes. Uh, not sure how to pronounce the last name, but uh, so this is that picture, and this was the Sabine voice actress. So, what was that like? Was this one really important for you meeting her? She was really sweet. Um, we didn't get to talk too much because uh, she was always going. Um, I think at the time she was actually working uh, on a film in California. So she flew in for the event and was always zipping back and forth and being taken to different locations. So I'm glad I got to meet her. And we did a show at the B&B Theater at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios with her as well, where she got to talk to some of the fans so that was awesome. I mean, for her, she was like, it's so weird to see you. Like, you're real. And I'm you, but you're me. And it, it was funny. <laughs> I bet. I, I bet that was so cool for, for them to see to see that. And were there other um, Disney characters there dressed as like Hera and Kanan and stuff like that? Or was it just Ezra and Sabine? No, just Ezra and Sabine um, were part characters that you can meet and you can actually i think still meet sabine and ezra on the cruise ships they have like a star wars cruise oh okay very cool you can meet rebels so tell me about your relationship with the actual show itself like were you i think i remember one time lewis was telling me that when he worked at disney he had to watch certain things before he Mm -hmm. could jump into a character or stuff like that so were you were you required to watch Rebels? Did you want to watch it? And, you know, what's your thoughts on the show overall? Yeah, they encourage us to watch it. Um, I told you before I was able to watch a couple clips before it came out. But once it aired, I really I got into it. I mean, at that point, um, it was something I was doing full time and it helps. You need to have like content to pull and, and bring right. to life on set, especially when you're working full time, doing meet and greets, interacting with people. And sometimes meeting up to 100 people an hour because of the high volume of guests at Walt Disney World. Such a huge operation that you don't want the the conversation to ever get repetitive or stale. So I would always pull stories from the show and kind of ask the guests what they think is going to happen, you know, and where they think Ezra's going or where they think Kanan is and seeing what they had to contribute as well. Because I think that's the beauty of the Star Wars franchise is you're always trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Yeah, exactly. Now, how long did you play Sabine for? I was with the Walt Disney Company until 2016. So I was with Sabine since 2014. So a little over two years. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. So um, for you as a, you know, also a director, also, you know, a writer and some other things, just a storyteller in general, um, you know what it's like to kind of jump into these things and uh, collaborate and, you know, you, you've been creating for a long time, but what are some challenges you face as a creator with situations like Sabine or just writing or developing a character in general? What's some big challenges that come your way when doing that? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be candid with you. So one of the hardest parts of my Sabine experience was um, my experience with a really abusive show director at Walt Disney World who actually sexually um, harassed me while I was Sabine. And at the time I actually reported it and went through that whole process with HR, which did nothing at the time. And um, after the Me Too movement, several women came forward with very similar stories and he actually ended up getting canned 
in the end. Good. So yeah. Wow. I'm so sorry. Year. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's tough. <laughs> Especially when, I mean, you're playing this person in skin tight, you know, everything. Yeah. And um, it's really easy to become objectified. And I think that that's something that most women can probably sympathize that it's really, you really have to just be persistent. And that's something that I was thinking about earlier when you asked me about acting. Um, that's probably the most important quality that all actors have is we are persistent. We have that internal validation, you know, we have that drive and you have to have the ability to keep showing up even when somebody does something like hurt, you know, sexual harass you or insult you or put you down or just tell you flat out, no, like you don't have it. You have to be able to show up the next day and, and keep trying. And I think that that, that is what ultimately leads to success is continuously being able to show up and take up space. Definitely. Definitely. And I think you're a, you know, you're a very strong woman and definitely a good role model for that because I've seen you work before and uh, you know how to stick up for yourself, take charge. And also uh, you're just, you're also very nice at the same time and uh, very open-minded and collaborative. So um, yeah, I think that's a good message for people out there who <clears throat> might be facing that as well. And unfortunately we see that a lot in star Wars, especially recently, you know, uh, with uh, artists like uh, Kelly Marie Tran uh, from the last Jedi, you know, kind of, getting bullied and having to go to therapy and stuff like that. And uh, with things going on in the Mandalorian and just other uh, Ray from the movies, things like that, you know, it's, it's kind of sad that it can't be, it can't be a safe space for everybody, but you know, we have people like you, we have people like Daisy Ridley and people that push past it and persist, like you said, and give those other uh, little girls or other viewers that, that sense of like, Hey, I can, I could push past it and I could like, you know, stand up and, and uh, be who I want to be. And I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. We should always have women in these spaces. Like for so long, you know, there was this misconception that this is like a male oriented, you know, geek universe, but absolutely not. There's room for women in these spaces. And I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of so many characters that are not even female that I can relate to, you know, and it's just a matter yeah. of opening our minds and kind of looking past the societal norms and all that bullshit that I just don't subscribe to. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Definitely. So and tell always me about... speak up and use your voice. Like for the viewers, yes. I just want to throw it out there. If you ever are feeling uneasy about the way someone is approaching you, talking to you, um, if they touch you without your consent, you, you don't have to consent to anything that you don't want to do and speak up. Even if no one hears you, keep telling your story, keep stick to your story, document things, have allies and it's going to be okay. Definitely. And join the conversation. You know, if you're like, if you're someone who thinks you can't like start your own podcast or your own talk show or anything like that, um, just start and just go more, more female Star Wars podcasters, please. Definitely and join us and you can collaborate with me anytime. Um, but for I'm you, for it. I love it <laughs> for you, as far as like the new, the new star Wars and stuff like that. Like, are you watching Mandalorian and yes. Yeah. Little baby Yoda. Look at him. Look at little Grogu. Oh, what's his ear doing? Look at him. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think of Mando? Let's talk about Mandalorian. I loved it. I sobbed 
uh, at the finale. The last one? I oh, was, yeah, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to see Luke. I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought that we would get like eight more seasons of seeing Grogu become an old man. <laughs> right. Little baby old man become an actual old man. I don't know. I I still, I, I'm ready to sign that petition like yesterday for more <laughs> Grogu. <laughs> but me too i think he'll come back into like movies and other shows he's definitely coming back i don't know i mean didn't kylo like decimate all of so you think kylo killed grogu yeah (laughs) he went with luke and luke's students all got murdered right i can't accept it i can't (laughs) i just can't i want him to be okay but no he's safe in your arms so i have him here i sleep with him at night he's our baby (laughs) so so you were wrong when i asked you about younglings earlier and you you lied to me you went for a baby grogu well technically he's like 50 so i guess it's okay (laughs) he grown (laughs) yeah what about what about the films like they just announced tons of new star wars stuff coming out a whole slew of shows and movies so when you heard of these announcements were there any that stuck to you and you were like oh my god i can't wait for that i'm definitely excited for more ahsoka which is a series, oh, but yes. yes, loved it. I loved Rosario Dawson portrayal. Her portrayal of Ahsoka was so spot on. Like She's it really great. did yeah. a continuation of her character from Clone Wars and um, from Rebels. Um, yeah. She ends up, so, okay. What I'm really curious, because spoiler alert, but in the end, Sabine ends up, ends up flying off with Ahsoka to find Ezra and that's where her story ends so I'd be really curious if we see Sabine like what happened did she ever find Ezra and is she still you know squirreled away with Ahsoka well yes yeah I told you from like I don't know week one that I met you whenever they do live action Sabine you better like call your agent and get in there (laughs) and and do it because that would be I mean it would would work perfect because you already know the character so well no, you should you should try. But yeah, Sabine is out with Ahsoka. Yes. Last we saw them in the animated looking for Ezra. And then that name drop in Mandalorian of Thrawn. Mm-hmm. So I think in the Ahsoka show, we'll get to see again Ezra, Sabine, and Thrawn. But that big question, you're right, is what happened like what happened at that time? For both Ezra and Thrawn and Ahsoka and Sabine. There's like two great stories that are like, we're mm-hmm. still missing those pages. And I can't wait to see what comes of that. And Ahsoka is going to be a, a limited series. So it's not going to be like like Mandalorian. And Dave Filoni said like two months ago, he already started. He just started writing it. And he said he's loving it. And he's finally getting to tell this story. So it's like. He's already had this in mind. It's not like they were like, hey, go write a story so we can make it next year. He, he's been wanting to tell this for so long. And so I think it's going to be a great story to tell. It's been three years since Rebels finished. Uh, Yeah, three years, I think. Right? So I was always behind a year on Rebels because I never had cable. And so I had to wait until the DVDs came out because they don't put them on Blu-ray for some reason. But um, I remember after season four aired it was like seven months until that that dvd case came out and i was like so stressed because i had to wait so long to watch the finale and then when i watched it 
similar to how I reacted to the end of the Mandalorian, it was such an emotional ending for rebels and one of my favorite parts of star Wars. And, uh, I cried. It was, it was so fantastic. <laughs> I love I know, it. So I'm much. such a sucker. I always cry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like I actually really enjoy crying. I don't know. I'm an emotional person that actually feels really good every time I have a good cry. So yeah. Well, yeah, it's good to cry. It's good to feel that way. <laughs> That's that's funny because we were just texting how you were looking through the photos, kind of getting a little choked up too. Yes, Memories. I mean it was such. I mean, all those photos, just looking through them and the videos, like it was such a culmination of my Disney experience and really like me realizing my potential, I guess, for the first time in my life. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I love all these things here, definitely. And again, if you guys are listening on the audio. Head on over to the video channel and check it out there or onto the Instagram because I'll share some of these. And you can also click on Yessie's social media. Those are in the descriptions below and you can you can follow her and check out her stuff as well. Um, we're getting close to our time here. But before we do get out, I want to know from you, you know, outside of Star Wars, what what do you love? What franchise? What property? What what nerd stuff do you really like? What what's your what's your go to outside of the Star Wars world? Yeah, um, I really enjoyed WandaVision. Uh, I just watched the finale last night and it was so good. I feel like Marvel is such, I mean, the whole MCU is, there's so much content. So you really can dive deep and they're all interconnected. So WandaVision was just fantastic for me. I absolutely love them addressing grief. And the quote that stood out for me was that love is just what was it? It's what is grief if not just the perseverance of love? Yeah. So, something like that. Oh my God. I loved it. Crying yeah. already what is grief again. If crying. Not love persevering. It, yes. Great line. Oh, incredible. It's kind of the, the line of the year so far. It, WandaVision was fun. It was a fun show and great opportunity for me to plug our WandaVision after show. If you guys go over to the channel, we just did our final review. Me and my girlfriend, we did, um, the WandaVision after show. So you can go listen to that as well and hear our thoughts there. And we did a Q&A with some of you. So check that out as well. Okay. Well, Yessi, what about anything for you? Do you got anything cool coming up you want to share or, you know, where people can follow you and find out more about you and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, right now I'm actually working for um, a Brooklyn based startup called Waldo. And uh, we're the first no code testing platform and we enable companies to create reliable automated mobile tests um, for your applications. Uh, We recently launched on Android, which is awesome. And one of my projects um, for Walto was the UX archive. So for any of you UX designers out there that are needing a little bit of inspiration, check us out. We're the world's largest online library of mobile user flows. So check it out on uxarchive.com. I'm super proud of it. And we'll be adding Android content to that soon. So super Wow, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit career-wise. And I'm loving it just because I'm getting to flex new muscles. And um, yeah, really excited to see um, what we can do for the mobile designer community. Yeah, you can find me at Yessie Set Sail. Yeah, Yessie, uh, it was really great. I love talking to you about this and I'm so glad we fin- I finally got you on the show to get to talk about Rebels and Star Wars and other stuff too. And uh, I'm 
you know, if you're down, I would love to have you back for a live episode sometimes where the fans, my listeners can actually ask you some questions too. Maybe in the future we can plan something. Um, but this was fantastic. And uh, I thank you so much for, for joining us today and sharing your story. Thank you. I, it was an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I would absolutely love to interact with your fans. You're doing really awesome stuff. And thank you for creating this space for people to just share the love for Star Wars. I'm of here course. for it. I love it. Well, we'll talk to you really soon. So thank you so much for joining us, Yezzy. May the force be with you. <laughs> okay, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It was an honor to have Yessie join us today. If you would like to see her return to the show, leave it in the comments section below. And of course, if you're new here, please consider subscribing so you don't miss future Star Wars interviews to come. Like the video, share it with your friends. And until next time, we'll be back on Monday with a new live stream all about Star Wars. And now somehow, some way, somewhere this week, May the force be with you.